recording now. Oh. Hey guys, it's Shariah. Hey. In Germany. Okay. And I'm so, like, please don't get this out. See, we ain't even started the episode yet, and we already got problems with each other. Anyways, and y'all gonna have to excuse my voice today. I sound like a, a man. horse. That's all right. A horse man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyways, we have our guest here today, Kid McFly. Want to say what's up to the people? Hey, what's up, good people? You know, just uh, <laughs> checking in with the two homies. I'm very happy and excited to be here. Thank you for having me. We're going to see how that, how that yeah, translates by the end of the episode. Right. He's gonna be, end of the episode, he's going to be like, I never want to see y'all again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm with it. I'm, I'm, I want to get some good content today. All right. Well, we're going to see. So, no, I'm just saying. Today we're recording out of the Detroit Associations of Women's Club. Um, if you want to get more info about them, you can visit the website at friendsofdawc.com. So, let's get started. Today's question of the day. Who wants to go first? I will go first. All right. So, question of the day is, if you had the power to change one thing in the world, what would it be? Ah, oh, oh, the fact that I have to choose one is so stressful. Lord. Yeah, just one. Um, if I had to change one in the world, like in not the world. just the United States, the, the world, the world, the world. Oh, um, okay. If I had to change one thing in the world, it would be classism and okay. the structure and how it impacts quality of life, all that fun stuff. Okay, kid. I would say. Access to. Dun, dun, dun. I, I would create. <laughs> I would create more non-renewable resources if that makes sense. So things that we use in everyday life, mm-hmm. like granted, I agree with classism, but honestly, people be working around that. Like, do they? No, I just, I can still have a decent quality of life, you know, even though it's like some BS, like impeding on my life at times. <laughs> We, just, we still make it work. Because I feel like with the structure of classism worldwide, you have things that are structurally tied to that, like poverty, mm-hmm. like uh, education, like mm-hmm. um, financial stability. You have so many things that are impacted by this one idea that is putting a majority of people in power that are not representative of the majority of the world. Oh, well, then no, no, let me change my answer then. <laughs> my bad. Well, I mean, this is, this is Doc, Doc McMain over here. Today. Oh, no, I'm, I'm with it. I completely it. So, I mean, yeah, I would say more non-renewable. I guess because I'm more of a person, like, not necessarily of, like, I can live without racism impacting me. Not necessarily to that extent, but yeah. it's like I've accepted that this is the way the world is. And I'm just maneuver the best I can. But if I could, hell yeah, I get rid of racism in a heartbeat. And you know what's fucked up? I be thinking that's probably like, the one thing holding the world back is racism. I'd be like, damn, I'm tired of the United States. I'm ready to fucking go. But I'd be like, damn, they kind of hate black people everywhere. So shit, they yeah. do. They really do. Shit. Like even in like certain places in like Africa, you still yeah. yeah. They be like, nah, I'm cool. Yeah. All right, Shira, Germany, don't start me today. Um, so my one thing I decided that I would change in the world today would be that I would eliminate our president. I'm not saying I would kill him. I would just, just, <laughs> I just, go, away. just go away for a while. Just go away. <laughs> I would send him and his uh, his the whole crew gotta go, away. 
and replace him with somebody else. I don't know who, but he got to go. I just feel like he... As the Marcus would say, throw the whole cabinet Throw <laughs> the whole cabinet away. Yeah, throw the whole thing. He just... It's too much going on with him and his issues his and his, his Twitter account. He's it's still getting away with it. Yeah. He's getting away with a lot of it. That's what's crazy. Yeah. And I think it, like, it makes people more comfortable to act like... You know, racist or you oh, they, know. they they feeling very uh froggy yes <laughs> very like yeah. the video the, the the white man on the east side of detroit on the east side bro who oh, i ain't seen it what happened he was basically calling a whole bunch of people niggers uh, in west village yeah, yeah over by um vegan soul i don't really count i mean it it, 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 it count, count but it, it do count it count i mean it, it's east but they the east side it's like <laughs> yeah, it ain't like the you know, like Vegan Soul been. is like you know bricks. You know that's the new <laughs> that's the new the new Brooklyn of Detroit, if that yeah. makes sense. You know that's that, that's where you still kind of get some. I mean, friendly the fact black that it's folk. still called it's called West Village and it's on the east side I already be throwing me off because I'm like, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, you you little Kerchival, you know, you you on the east, but it ain't the east side. Now <laughs> slide, you know, further <laughs> up, you know, what I mean, get up near Saint Jean oh, and all yeah. that. All right, now we start talking. going towards Connor. Yeah, now we in, we we cooking with some hot grease up there. But uh, <laughs> nah, nah, I, I I can see that. I I can see that down yeah, there. They feel cool. like we shouldn't be over there. The crazy part to me is that the whole video, he's just standing outside yelling. He's barefoot, ain't got no shirt on, just riding his bike down the street. And he, he riding his bike with no shoes. I mean, yes. it's a white man. <laughs> <laughs> If, he, if she said he had shoes on, I would have been, yeah, been a little more surprised. But yeah, he was just right down the street calling people in words and stuff. And nobody called the police. Like, the store, like, it was some guy out there that was talking to him. Nobody called the police. Nobody did anything other than make Because they video. have freedom of speech. Right. Okay. Yeah. Fair quotes. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that would be my one thing. It's a uh, President Chico Puff got to go. Well, reasonable. All right. So, moving on. Some events that we have coming up. Focusing on diving in the D. The first week in October, we have Detroit Cocktail Week. This is going to be going on at Eastern Market. Um, the prices of the events vary. Some events are free um, and some do cost. But their website is, I believe, DetroitCocktail.com. So go check them out. Sounds like it's going to be lit. I that's mean, my who birthday. doesn't love drinks? Yeah, that's my birthday. In Eastern Market, you know, all types of fun stuff. So our next segment title you matter now and this is something that we recently coming up oh should i have my sound effects ready oh see we do this every episode whatever you gotta go put the drums in right there put in some drums okay so this is our chance to bring up some topics that impact either ourselves the community or just life in general and determine if we're really mad or not so the first one that i want to talk about um so linkedin Every month, they release a report that is an assessment of the skill surplus and gap in um, certain metropolitan cities or communities. So they just released the 2018 Detroit or September um, Detroit skills assessment. And I thought it was really interesting some of the things that popped up on the list. Of course, some are naturally, um, we're in a... uh, automotive manufacturing city. So of course the skills surplus right now, as reported by LinkedIn, they have manufacturing operations, product development, digital literacy, automotive, um, business management, things like that. Or oh, I'm sorry, those are the skills shortages with eh. You had it right the first time. Yeah, I had it right the first time. See? <laughs> I'm reading a different part. So those are the top ten skills surplus in Detroit, which 
It's not surprising. I mean, not at all. Of course, you ride around everywhere. You see car factories, um, the plant. Yeah, plant. Healthcare management. We got the hospitals, um, things like that. And then they have the top ten skill shortages in Detroit, which I found very <laughs> interesting. Uh, so they've listed some things like graphic design, web development, um, oral communication, <laughs> social media, social media, problem solving skills, what? and a couple other things on the list. <laughs> so, uh-huh. yeah. But what I think, so there are a couple things that came to mind when I looked at the skills shortages, because I want to know, first of all, who are they asking yeah. or what areas they're surveying? But then I also looked at it as <clears throat> sometimes we think about things in a silo. Whereas we may know a lot of people that do a certain thing, but in the broad spectrum, it may not be a lot of people in the field. So I may know like 10 graphic designers, but when I'm looking at Detroit as a whole, those 10 are not representative in the larger analysis of the skill set that are that's needed. Like those yeah. 10 can't fill the larger gap. I, I, I can see that. Web development is what really shocked me. I don't know why I feel like... That's just probably not accurate. I, I guess what they're looking at is for the companies that are here, how many times are they really doing business yeah. in yeah. Detroit? Well, the LinkedIn defined it as a skills gap is a mismatch between the skills employers need and the skills workers have. Well, yeah, they usually okay. tend they tend to bring bring people outside people yeah. fly in they what, what do they call this a transplant well yeah detroit's become like a transplant yeah, city yeah. so from a from a job standpoint yeah most of the people who end up working here don't originally live here before yeah. they take the position and you have a lot of people who are leaving detroit because they can mm-hmm. get access to the positions or opportunities that are available to them mm-hmm. in the city because they're trying to bring outside people in um another thing that i found interesting with this report is the idea of trade um, and how our perception of trade has evolved. I know when I'm like when I'm talking to my mom and stuff, and she's telling me about when she was in high school and just the community around her, there was a large emphasis on trade and skill, and then like vocational schools mm-hmm. and all of that, and they kind of they kind of started putting a, a more focus on STEM or. Yeah. You know, and even when I was a kid, we had arts and stuff and like physical activity, but then it started kind of dwindling towards other, you know, STEM focused areas. And now they're trying to reincorporate trade and arts and, you know, more physical based skill into the classroom with STEAM. I think they waited a little too late though with that just because a lot of the the things that we need that aren't necessarily stuff that you can get at universities yeah now there's a shortage and we're just now putting it back in these Mm -hmm. aren't kids that are at that are you know working they're not in the workforce yet so and i have seen a lot of reports that are saying there's a trades gap or there's like a shortage in trade based um or skill-based workers and it's like well are you prepared to teach the people who are unemployed these skills and these yeah. you know yeah. what you need but in, if anything I, I think it's a it's a testament to how dependent society has become towards technology oh, yeah. yeah and sure. if we're looking at how do we use computers let's make everything simpler let's make it faster 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 yeah. so really you're looking at people to get into 
a trade that really they don't have to be hands-on. They yeah. want them to be technically sound. They want web design, graphic design, engineering, coding, those types of things. So yeah, there, there's going to be a gap. But like you, to your point, I mean, it, it's almost not needed because we're still headed towards a tech heavy industry. And it's industry. interesting yeah. that you bring up things like coding because I remember when coding like first ex- exploded onto the scene and everybody wanted to take these classes and these workshops. And so now you have like universities offering opportunities for like um, underprivileged kids or any inner city kids to take coding workshops and coding classes. And at, initially I was like, this is a great idea. This is a great skill set because we grew up essentially coding with MySpace and mm-hmm. Crushbot and Black Planet. But <coughs> I was reading a thread um, on Twitter that linked to a couple of different articles. And it was like, while it's great that we're teaching children how to code, are we also considering the real life applications of them using this in yeah. the workplace? Because we're yes, we're teaching it to them, but are we also creating opportunities and jobs for them to use these skills practically? Like, they're employers are not moving fast enough to catch up to the workplace to be able to give these kids the opportunity to use the skills that they have. So like when we think about people who go to school and get degrees and stuff and then don't even end up getting jobs in their degree field, it's kind of like the same thing. Yeah, because I mean, nine times out of 10, again, companies, when they need to do any type of expansion or improvement, they're not hiring an individual. They're going to another company that's already established, a firm. So really, we're teaching them coding, but we're not teaching them how to really excel in that market so that they can get, like, you kind of got to get your foot in the door, basically. Yeah, and like, it's interesting when you're thinking about, like, I've seen prison programs that are teaching like non-violent offenders how to code which is great but how many companies are going to hire coders with you know felonies or 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 stuff like that when they do do stuff like that I feel like they kind of like put them on blast in a sense like you know to be like oh it's this company and we hire felons so now you just don't know everybody that's there is a felon like that's kind of messed up it's really really the back door of it is that a it sounds good but really i mean companies are benefiting from it because i'm pretty sure there's some kind of like tax break that they oh, get yeah, for, for helping out you know <clears throat> under quote unquote underprivileged individuals so I, I i would say that yes let's help them learn new trades and skills but useful trades yes yeah, yeah. valuable you know what i mean if if the market re- like coding is very important but it's more to a tech job than just coding. right. The Midwest isn't a region that's ha- dead. It doesn't have a need for coding. Midwest is Silicon, uh, Silicon Valley is right. Yeah. Midwest is still definitely a engineering, manufacturing, hands-on, hard labor type. Yeah. And unfortunately, people do get into plant life and yeah. they get stuck here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, to answer the question. Is you mad or no? I'm not mad at LinkedIn. I'm actually glad that they published these type of reports so that we can be more knowledgeable about what is impacting our community and how to fix it. I think with this information, people can start to look at, okay, what's needed versus what's in surplus. Where can we direct better resources to, you know, make it an even playing field? All right. So. Yeah, I am mad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not mad either. My topic today is the, I guess I would say the culture of certain workforces 
I don't know if that's what I want to use, but I'm gonna give y'all an example. I was gonna say, give us an example, and then we'll go from there. So, this past week, as y'all can tell, I've been sick. If you can't hear again, yeah, crazy. You always sick. I was about to I say, know. it's it's whenever the seasons change, I get sick. So, get you, you know, some vitamin D. <laughs> something. So I returned back to work. And I have this tissue and all this kind of stuff going on. So I would be literally sitting at my desk in the middle of blowing my nose, minding my business. And people would just walk up to me like, oh, you don't feel well. I'll shake my head no because I'm blowing my nose. And then continue to ask their questions. So I'm like, I don't know if this is just specific to my workforce because I work in a call center. So maybe they just feel like they need their questions answered right away and it can't wait. But there's plenty of other people that can answer their questions. I feel the same way. But when I'm eating... Yeah, there's like, like a violation of my eating, personal space. But you come into my office <laughs> and say, oh, you're eating. So, <laughs> or can I ask you a question? No. no. <laughs> and then people are really like, because I don't know, when I'm sick, I'm not really a nice person. So I mean, I'm, shut up. So I have been really telling them like, no, you can't ask me a question. Go ask somebody else. And they're looking at me like, I'm just the meanest person in the world. So. Uh, I will say it's just, it's a, it's a social thing now where we're so used to getting everything on demand. Yeah. And uh, from a, a communication standpoint between person to person, it's like, well, I'm asking you this right now. You're right here. Why can't you tell me right now? It don't, it's not going to take you long to answer my question. I'm not asking you for an essay response. This is a simple, you know, real quick response. Why can't you answer it now? I think the thing that drives me insane is like we have job aids and stuff that are accessible from the computer that they get up from to ask me the question. Well, there, there is somebody else sitting right there and like I'm not you- eating or not blowing their nose that you can ask. Because they probably feel a they trust your response more, Don't. and b <laughs> no. they feel it's quicker to just ask you right there rather than sit and communicate with. Hey, again, it's 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 a uh, we really need whatever we want immediately. Like it's not the as my dad calls it delayed gratification, where you know we we don't we need to wait in order to get what we really want. But no, it's just. That on demand, we want our information when we want it, as fast as we can get it. I think that that I don't think it's specific to your workplace. I think that's an overall workplace culture shift that's happened, yeah. where people are used. People have gone from waiting or being patient or doing things at a slower pace to, like you said, non-delayed gratification. They want they want to answer now. They because they probably got somebody hounding them for an answer and mm-hmm. they want the answer now or they can't understand why you taking longer than usual when I'm trying to use the bathroom or I'm eating I'm literally I'm something. blowing my nose yeah. I wouldn't want to talk to myself like I feel like if I walk up to somebody and they blowing their nose I'm going to just get away from you and go find the answer elsewhere look it up myself I don't know I've always been the type of person when I come into a workforce it's mostly, it is majority new people that are asking these stupid questions but <laughs> um, when I come into a workforce, I try to learn everything. Like yeah. when mm-hmm. I first get started, I'm trying to learn. Like what can I do to continue to learn? Or I would just do stuff wrong and be confident in it. Like, well, I thought this was the answer. Hey. And if I did it wrong, be scared at least I tried. Wrong, People are scared to be wrong. Yes. And like, listen, 
I've been on this same job for I don't even know how long now, and I still do stuff wrong. I'd be confident in my wrong. Like, well, this is why I did it this way. And it works out better for me that way. Like, at least I try. I have justification for why I did it this way, and it just didn't work. I'm okay with being corrected and moving on. Yeah, for me, it's like at work. By the way, yes, I, I do have something that I do during the day. People. <laughs> let's just... Let's just let's just let's just get let's let's just clear that out early on. I do have something that I do during the day. You know what I mean? Yes, I am a very you know, I have a, a nice successful DJ career at the moment, but I'm not at the point to where I could just be like, all right, you know what? Screw this. Okay. No, I still do something during the day. So pro- my, my my whole thing will be as a matter of fact, I even got the email today, but she said she was being nice about it. She's like, hey, I just wanted to say, you know, thank you. I know this is a real busy time of the year for you, blah, blah, blah. All right, cool. But for you to send that email and then and you see me. And ask me something? Well, she'll see, you'll see my status is saying do not disturb. My, oh. my Skype status says do not disturb. Meaning do not disturb me. Don't bother <laughs> me. I'm working on stuff very important. I'm, I'm small busy. busy right do now. not Hey, do not call me. Do not IM me. You can email me and I'll get back to it when I can. Do not collect $200 and pass go. <laughs> like, look, do not bother me. But instead, people will still pester you knowing you're busy. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you said, eating. Hey, I'm at lunch. I have a sign that I stick up at my desk that says at lunch. And people will still come to your desk and try and touch you. Like, oh, yeah, I, well, I, I'm sorry you're on lunch, but I, I can't. Are you really sorry? They right. told us, like, not to put those signs up. I got a sign. We have, like, because we write end-of-year performance reviews, and it's a lot. Mm. Like, my, my mid-year ones, I think I wrote, like, 15, 20 pages, maybe, wow. for my employees. And so, we would put signs on the back of our chair, like, do not disturb, working on, you know, performance reviews, whatever. And our job was like, well, that's just not right, blah, 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 and told us to take the signs down. My, like, my Skype Aren't you saying, allowed to break? Yeah, you Technically, can. you're you're allowed a break by I'm, OSHA. Like, law. You're allowed OSHA break. says I am allowed a 30 minute lunch break, minimally at least. Okay. 30 okay. minute lunch, but no, I'm saying minimally. <laughs> Every, people, certain people, you know, people got different stuff, yeah. other places, but I'm saying but the minimally. The minimum I have to have is at least a 30 minute lunch break, unpaid, and two 15 minute paid breaks. Well. Um, yes and no. Most companies do give, you know, the 30 minutes and the, the two 15 minutes, but they are not required to. What? Michigan law... Depending on the, depending on your, the, the time that you're at work. I no. Uh, Michigan law basically, um, allows the company to do as they want. What? So they... Mm, it, it depends on the industry. It does, but the, it basically leaves it up to the company and their standards or whatever which is why like a lot of people rely on their unions for stuff like that oh, okay. my job does not have a union and because i feel like osha don't allow you to do what you want yeah OSHA, I, I really it, thought it, that they have to at minimum give you a 30 minute safety. lunch a Listen, 30 minute lunch break and two I, 15 minutes when i tell y'all i look because i wanted to sue my job i will say this if you if your company is an at-will employer the rules vary yeah, yeah. if you're yeah. at will then which most yeah most Michigan's at will state Michigan's at will state but OSHA which is governance of workplace safety does say that you have to allow your employees some type of break really the only thing that we use 
related to breaks for OSHA is that you can't work more than 12 hours because they know you have to yeah. be able to go home and sleep and come back. Yeah. But other than that, they don't, they, they've removed our breaks and lunches plenty of times. Yeah. Wow. So, yes and no to answer your question. So, yeah. ACH, that important? <laughs> Gotta keep that whole time down for real? Yeah. Nah, but I, my whole thing was just that you you will designate mm-hmm. that this is not a good time to talk to me. Right. And for good reason. Mm-hmm. I just feel like but if, I'm in a, if people, my thing says in a meeting info. or busy, what do, what do you think I'm doing? I'm blowing my nose. What do you think I'm doing? Sleep? You think I'm just saying? Do y'all get the people who hit the, they do the question mark? Yeah. 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 I, oh, that's a see? pet peeve. <laughs> that's a pet peeve of mine. Like, look, if you're going to send the question mark, just send it. Just, just send your message. Just just send that. Don't send the question mark to see if I'm going to respond. And, like, oh my gosh. Yeah, well, sure. so, I'm, I'm mad. <laughs> you mad? I'm mad. I'm mad. I'm very mad. Uh, mad? I am very mad. See, I'm glad I'm not the only one mad about this one. I'm, mad. I'm very mad. Well, kid, do you have any topic that you're just burning up inside? To answer if you matter or not. Um yeah, actually. Okay, let's, do it. let's hear it. What's um up? and it's just it's T V related. Okay. Right. And you know this this show is always gonna get people going. Uh oh. Huh? Love hip hop? No. <laughs> oh my gosh. I haven't watched that show. <laughs> I try I'm one of these days I'm gonna sit down and watch oh, every you. single like I'm gonna just you be should. so bored. I'm gonna take like a weekend where I'm like, yo, I'm off. I'm gonna just watch all the love and hip hop. Like watch all every of city, Atlanta, New York. I gotta I see it all. I, I need it. And I'm, I'm I'm also campaigning Detroit need one. It's it's getting oh, all so I gotta go get shot. Detroit <laughs> need it. Detroit need it. Cause the people that's from Detroit that's all they these other cities don't have that. Uh, yeah. LaBrittany on there cutting up on everybody. Yeah, I mean, but that's just rightfully so. Yeah, but that's just the that's just that act. I don't. She's not really like that. Her oh, LTR yeah, Marie sure is cutting up. Yeah, they they just that's no. just a a thing for TV. But another another note. Insecure. I knew it. Yeah. Okay, okay. Here is my whole thing. Is that I, I'm trying to understand how and it's double standards. Okay. How <laughs> the entire first season. Mm-hmm. Was how bad Lawrence was to her it in their relationship. Okay, it was well, that, was, but that was the premise. That was the print. I mean, late, they cleaned up his character in the latter part, but in every episode, you see how much they kind of like he's going up and she's going down. Yet the criticism is still kind of remaining the same. <laughs> She's kind of invincible to everything. <laughs> Meanwhile, well, he's like from like the internet. I'm saying no. I'm just saying. I mean, this isn't just in from the internet. Okay. I mean, this is also just in in character. When you watch dialogue between yeah. the characters, okay. really nobody kind of like this current season. She's just now finally starting to get real criticism from her friends, friends. Daniel. Okay. Uh, what's her name? Kelly. Kelly. You know they they probably really. Crack down or like, look, you gotta get your shit together for yeah. the most part. And, wait, can we cuss? Yes. yes. Okay. We've been cussing. I, I, you know, I'm trying to be. Hey, I'm trying to be professional here. The lights is no. dim in here. I just want to, you know, make sure we okay. But um, yeah. So her friends are coming down really hard on her. Yet people were super hard on Lawrence the entire time. Even as he got successful, he got a job. He 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 was making things happen for himself. 
people were still hard on him. People, his friends didn't even believe in his dream of, yo, my company, my company, my company. Nobody went to back him. Yet, you see Issa a lot more supportive of Daniel, even though his stuff not really booming. So it's just, it's, it's interesting to see the double standard of really men, specifically black men, that when you're passionate about something, if it's not fruitful immediately, it's it, it it doesn't make sense. Okay. As long as as long as as long as you're making the black woman happy, your <laughs> dreams matter. But if you're not making her happy, then your dreams don't okay, matter. Okay. So first, whew, Lord, based on the story that we were given for from season one, this wasn't like Lawrence had this idea just like within that period and yeah. Issa was just like man nah nigga play that shit it ain't gonna work no she supported he had him. been working on it for a significant period of time mm-hmm. and he got to the point where it seemed or the the way the character was portrayed it seemed that he had reached a level of being stagnant mm-hmm. yeah. and not doing what he needed to do to really make his idea work outside of sitting on the couch and complaining about people not supporting me which we see a lot of people do they I start with. They actually, I'm a victim. I and it's so crazy because I see a lot of what he knows, what he's gone through. I see myself. In and that. that's my yeah. other thing too. A lot of people look at look at the characters on Insecure and they see themselves so in that project. portrayal. Yeah. And so they project their issues and their perceptions of the interactions between the characters and how it's supposed to be or real life, not realizing that this is a a show. These are characters, mm-hmm. and. The way these characters are written is a mashup of all these different life experiences. Now, what I will say is, I get what you're saying in terms of Issa's friends not really like getting on her and not checking her like, hey, you need to get your shit together. But I think that a lot of times that happens in friendships because, especially when you're in a relationship, if I have like a bunch of friends, they're going to see, they're not going to see the other side of my relationship. They're yeah. going to see either what I tell them or what they see when we come around. So they may not they may not see what I'm contributing, like the negative stuff I'm contributing to the relationship. And they're not seeing my bad habits, but they're hearing me tell them like, oh my God, all you do is sit on the couch all day. He got this stupid business idea that he ain't did nothing for the last five years. And they're not really telling me, well, maybe you need, they're not giving me constructive criticism. I guess mine was more so there was two dubs there. So I guess, again, A... Her not being supportive of his dream because something wasn't happening, but he wasn't also pleasing her. She didn't want to support it. Yet Daniel <laughs> is pleasing her, and he's not making, but he's not making stuff happen. But she's okay with it, and she's more willing to back him too. But you have to look at too. She she was benefiting more from Daniel because she was living, living with him. You know what I mean? Like I think he was. Just but she was living with Lawrence. She was living with Lawrence. But Lawrence wasn't working. She living with this nigga for free. Yeah, but so she needed you to back him, right? Like, so, so it's only it's she's only backing him because it's in her best interest. Yeah, I feel like it was convenient for her. But it's not in her best interest to back the person she's been with for five she, years. I mean, we don't know. She, Maybe she did start out backing him and then realize that he wasn't. Well, no, I'm saying, yeah, that changed over time. But I'm saying in terms of the relationship, I think it, 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 was, sh- it shouldn't falter because I mean, how it was more difficult to her to, to support him, I think, because like, like we said, we don't know how long she had been doing this. 
Meanwhile, who who paying the bills? Like who? How is he contributing to her? But is that fair? Yeah. It's a relationship. It it's, should be. Yeah. An but she wasn't exchange. in a relationship with Daniel. But I'm saying it, she she was, she was in a relationship <laughs> with Lawrence. So it should be an equal exchange of give and take. And how long am I supposed to be with you, supporting your dream, supporting your idea, putting in all this work while you are sleep on the couch, not doing? You're not putting in the same effort into your idea. I think he was, and this that's gonna open up a whole nother can of worms as far as you <laughs> support how you support your spouse. But I think it's just when you feel defeated, you you look for people around you to yeah, you look I for agree. support. You I you're agree. looking for some 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 motivation, some support. And I think for him that in that situation, he might have just needed. Just a little more. Not saying what she was doing. What she was doing wasn't enough. Yeah, but, but he just he just needed enough. something. His something friends wasn't saying nothing either. Like, hey, my dog, you been on this couch? Like, eh. oh. he, still, he was on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to take too much time on this, but yeah, I just but, double standard be making me mad. But you know what? I think that the criticism, not just from you, but I think in general, we have this heightened criticism of insecure. Because a lot of people project themselves onto the characters. And yeah. so they expect the characters to be written a certain way, act a certain way, say certain things. And when they don't, like this whole idea about using condoms in the episode where Issa literally addressed this in the last season. Like, yeah. look, it's implied. It's there. We shouldn't have to physically throw the condoms yeah, she, into the camera. She did kind of show a couple of scenes where they did. But for know. some reason, anytime sex is introduced into a scene, all of a sudden, some a certain part of Twitter is like, oh my God, she not practicing safe sex? This is damaging. And it's like, how many other shows have you watched? Have you seen? Do you look at every Game of Thrones episode every time they have sex and be like, where are the condoms? Like, do you look at I like girlfriends this, or... Yeah, girlfriends definitely should be like, because they were... Do you certain. look at, you know, all these other shows that have been on TV or do people turn on Sex in the City and be like, where are the condoms? <laughs> but honestly, but I, mean, I mean, to keep it truthful, that is... Even if they weren't, that's kind of a reflection of where we are in society. Like, yeah, like people are so anti condom, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that it, it might really just happen like that. Where she's just like exactly. living risky. Exactly. Yeah. But I think this heightened criticism is interesting from you know this perspective of well, this is irresponsible, and it's like, well, are you screaming at all TV shows, or are you just looking at Insecure because it's a black woman, a black cast? Even like, but like, there's other stuff that you can be worried about other than the music and condoms. Like, this nigga had a threesome with some crackheads. Like, understand? <laughs> y'all screaming like, about condoms? They're crackheads. And yeah. you know what this is this is thing. very true. That was an interesting, interesting scene. But no, he did, he did, he did use the condoms though. He used it the condoms. Doesn't the matter. They're crackheads. <laughs> to say they was crackheads is extreme. They're crackheads, and they were strangers that he met at a grocery store. So there's so you ain't, bigger... You ain't, wait, you ain't never popped it off with nobody random? No, I haven't. <laughs> well, Shariah is a bad example. So, <laughs> so she's, a, she's not the greatest example. I am the greatest example. Even, even back in my back days in your... of doing so, oh, I was, okay. it wasn't random okay. people. Like... <laughs> okay, so... Yeah, but so, double standards, that's, that's what made me mad. So, <laughs> kid is mad, as you can see. Uh, clearly so we're gonna take a break and be back and get into the meat of our podcast session yeah gonna turn up the heat a little bit i'm with it got my water (laughs) if you're like me 
then you have journals and books stacked up to the sky filled with creative shorts and worlds of imagination. Why not take your hard work and cement something magical? With Draft2Digital, you can create and sell ebooks through Amazon, iBooks, Barnes & Noble, and others. Sign up through Draft2Digital.com slash gpencil and fuel your creative wonders. Hey guys, it's me, Shy. If you're anything like me and have struggled finding products to keep your skin popping, you have to check out Lolendo. Their products are handmade and all natural. Check out the link on my Instagram page at shymonet, S-H-Y-M-O-N-E-T, to learn more about their products. Okay, right. well, we're back. So, <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, the meat. Welcome back. Yes. The meat. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so you've heard from our guests, but now I guess we should do a formal introduction. Well, you're gonna introduce yourself, really. Right. <laughs> okay. So I'm not- like, are oh, you did some research or something? Because okay. I didn't do any research, so you're gonna. That's cool. Ain't nothing out there for real. So she's just gonna tell all the places that we didn't party that you didn't. Oh, yeah. Places so we talk be- all the time about our favorite. Location that we're not going to disclose on the podcast because we don't want people to join us. Tired of y'all blowing up our spot. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, but you hear us talk about our Tuesday um, events. So kids, the DJ of these events, and he gets to witness the craziness, the shenanigans. (laughs) Child. So it's been how long now? Too long. We've been going there too long. At least a year. Well, I mean, with me. At least it's a year. Been it's been that. longer than oh, that. Oh, you're right. Yeah. It's been longer it's than that. Oh, yeah, because you were there when yeah, he, I yeah, was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, about then, yeah, about then. Maybe about a year and a half, two years. At More least two. Than, yeah, at least two. At least two. Yeah, at least two. We've sure. been going there at least five. Four, yeah, four, four or five, five years. years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, oh, so if you want to give the people an introduction of yourself, I mean, obviously they know you're an amazing DJ because we've talked about that. But um man what can i really say uh who you are what you do uh well yes i do dj sound lights and stuff you know an entertainment company officially official so crowd move society l3c is official um i was wondering what the cms was you know what i'm saying (laughs) hey hey gotta keep it guessing but um hey cms could have stayed for a lot of different it could have We won't even go where my mind went. But, um, yeah, basically just, uh, you know, 27, about to be 28-year-old in two weeks. Uh, been DJing for a little over 10 years. I started uh, my freshman year in college at Kentucky State. Uh, originally, I wanted to DJ, like, since I was a kid. You know, I used to see, like, House Party, uh, just you know old rap videos seeing djs and stuff like that um you know big inspired majorly inspired by jazzy jeff um you know kick pre uh and then really once i got reintroduced into hip-hop because like i was also sheltered so like there was this large gap in my life where i didn't listen to rap i know but i actually am so thankful for that period because that period of my life from like seven to like 13 14 i really didn't ris- I listen to rap okay. so that's 97 to 03 and i missed a lot of good rap during yeah. that period yeah. by the way 
But that period of my life, my mom was playing a lot of gospel, a lot of oldies R&B. I would listen to 92.3, 105.9 on the weekends, V98.7. Um, so I got hip to, you know, Fred Hammond and Kirk Franklin and Donnie McCarklin, Yolanda Adams, Winans Family. On this end, then also the R&B tip was, you know, old school Tia Marie, Rick James, and Will so Downing. Ring. Yeah, like musically, that's where like my grown sense of music came about. So then just getting back into rap, like in the high school years, like I was like, man, you know, I want to DJ because um, I was also, you know, I'm big on philanthropy too. And I don't know if you guys remember uh, Ufill. Yeah. Um, Woodward uh, helped start that. Oh. That's um, cool. I was part of uh, Detroit Youth Foundation, uh, part of their kids program, and we kind of helped lay the foundation as far as uh, you know coming up with the ideas and concepts of what we want the building we used to, to have be. A lot like. of pound stuff there. Yeah. So um, helped with that, and one of the things that was in the building was DJ, but I never got to do it because my parents were like, "Yo, you're not gonna." be a DJ in life you gonna go to school and get these grades and at Southfield I was a really good student you know um and they just thought that I would be really focused in the studies that I didn't have time to DJ you know my original passion um was to be a lawyer and I was to do contract law because I loved I wanted to be an agent and that's kind of my original. Yeah, I, I wanted to be a sports agent, a music, you know, a, a agent in like the music industry. Like I just wanted to do contract law, and I was just head strong on that. But in the back of my mind, I was like, man, still, I want to learn how to DJ. I want to learn how to scratch one day, and I ain't gonna. I, I, I'm gonna save a little bit for that because I, I might, I might have went too far, but okay. just yeah, I've been DJing for you know ten years. I DJ all around the city. You know, I do a lot of you know corporate events. I'm in the clubs. Um, you know, chances are if you go into a cool event that looks cool on the flyer, nine times out of ten, I'm DJing it. Hey, that's what's up. Yeah. So now you have to survive through our lightning round. All right. Of five fast facts within we need thirty a seconds. I was about to say within 30 seconds, but we don't have a timer. So <laughs> I could time it, but we yeah. No, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm with it. Because right. I, I ain't giving away too much of too much of my story. I got, I got some more to offer. Alright. You ready, Germany? <laughs> I don't know who that is, but yes. I'm ready. Alright. Are you a Detroit native? Yes. You side on the side. East. Favorite Coney Island. El Georges. On six miles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which one? All right. How, uh, what high school did you attend? Southfield High. How do you stay inspired? <laughs> uh, uh, um, knowing that there's always someone better than me. Okay. How do you make sure you don't get burned out? I find new music okay. all the time. How do you stay aware? Aware? Yeah. Keeping an open mind about music. Favorite tools, books, podcasts, TV shows, etc. Tools, uh, of course, love the Joe Budden pod. Um, of course. Uh, favorite tools? Yeah, what like, what are the tools that you use? Oh, like, oh, man, I'm always, I'm classic vinyl turntable guy. Um, Techniques 1200 is like the staple in the DJ community. Um, we passed 30 seconds, by the way. Like, <laughs> Damn. Not far past. Way far past. Oh. You were supposed to. Why are you talking? I didn't want to just be like, 
hit me with a whammy? <laughs> you you got the sound effects? Oh. Anyway. Throw a whammy in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot. Anyways. Well, that was fun. Turned into, what, 56 seconds? Yeah, yeah. my bad. So I, I was moving a little too slow. <laughs> All right. So, um... You kind of talked a little bit about this already, but mm-hmm. did you pursue higher education? If so, where'd you go? Major on this stuff? Why? Yeah. All of that stuff. Okay, so they go to real story. All, all right. right. So, yeah, after after the Uville and the contract law and all of that, all right, boom. So, I graduate Southfield. Okay. I end up going to Kentucky State. Uh, the goal was to, again, business management, get an MBA, go to Howard Law School, okay. two years, get the Juris Doctorate. I'm in the D.C. area doing law. Also because my dad is now national president of uh, National Association of Black Social Workers. So okay. I've been working with them on the philanthropy tip and then also doing contract law starting out in D.C. So you had a plan. You had a, Yeah. You had a, you also because I read the pack too and I saw that they started <laughs> out in like the D.C., New Jersey, you know, area. So I, you know, was inspired by that. So, and of course I went to go to Howard originally but just ain't had that Howard money so hey, listen. but I still was like I'm gonna go to law school so anyways I'm at K-State um going into freshman week it's lit like I'm like yo this is unbelievable like I mean I remember watching College Hill but like to live it was <laughs> like crazy so shout out to my HBCU um but there was something lacking and campus didn't have a DJ uh, the campus DJ used to be my guy, DJ Fresh, who is now Future, his DJ. And he was also Rich Homie Kwan's DJ. Um, he kind of left campus and moved to Louisville and started DJing out there. So for me, it was like a wide open opportunity. And I was getting $40 every two weeks from my parents like to survive. And mind you, all of my friends are pretty much upperclassmen. So they're going to Applebee's, they're going to the mall, like they got money because they also working, they hanging out. And me being coming from a shelter standpoint, you know, I wanted to get cool clothes. I wanted to go out to eat and hang. I want to drink, you know. <laughs> so so freshman year, I just was like deprived. I'm like, man, I can't eat ramen noodles and Easy Mac all day or keep going to the calf because you only really had to look forward to fried chicken Wednesday. Outside of that, it was, it was pretty trash in the, in, in, in the calf. So I was like, yo, I'm a DJ. That's how I'm going to make money. Don't know how, but I'm going to do it. And I'll never forget, my first setup was literally my computer and my homeboy, uh, shout out to my man DJ Fitted, it was his computer. And what I did was took an aux cord and I combined them in this mixer that I rented from Radio Shack for like... Shout out to Radio Shack. Yeah, <laughs> I know. This is how long ago it was. But I, and this mixer was so terrible. But I made it happen. It was like 40 bucks to rent. And I just, I did the party off of that. Um... However, nobody came. Hmm. My first party, nobody showed up to. And I said, I lied and said I could DJ and everything. Never forget, nobody showed up. <laughs> and I was on a black campus and I played Justin Timberlake, My Love. And this is Fall 08. That song hmm. kind of really wasn't popping at that time. No. Maybe on the radio. Yeah, but not, but not like on a, a black party. Yeah. And so. Whenever my friends from from K State, you know the people who like really know me from like that time, like they always laugh at me about that. So nobody showed up because everybody went to this other party, and 
I got paid $65 for that party. And I thought it was the most money in the world at that time. Yeah, coming from forty dollars every two weeks. Right, you was man. Rich. I was just like, "Yo, this I can I get paid for this? Like, this is dope. Like, I was like, yo, I gotta keep doing this.' And, and I just never looked back from there. Um, you know, and to be where I'm now is just like dope. You know, considering where I came from. But, um, man. I always though still think like where would I've been had I just you know stayed my Followed original course because I was yeah. all, I was also in the honors program too mm-hmm. man like I was a, a academic scholar but I focused so much on DJing that I just bombed out of school like well let, let me rephrase that I didn't bomb out of school I ended up leaving school because financially it was just like I wasn't DJing enough to keep myself in school like so I had to leave just before my senior year started to get myself going. But I am going to finish. That is like my new adult life goal. Uh, Goals are important. Goals matter. Yeah, I'm going to definitely finish. And it will be as a Kentucky State thoroughbred as well. But yeah, that's just how how I started, personally. So I know you said that you do have... um, a job that you do now so what was your first job like once you came out of college um first job was right after i graduated wait out of college or just my first job or first job um first job was fresh out of high school i worked for southfield city of southfield i was in the code enforcement department and first it was an office administrator job i was just like creating spreadsheets and filing and stuff like that it was it was stupid <clears throat> typing up stuff you know real real basic <laughs> but then they put me in the field and i had to ride around in these old south city of southfield cars see they got the new cars now like they stuff <laughs> they stuff almost look like cop cars too it's it's dangerous but the old cars was like old lumina and something else and what we had to do was ride around the city of Southfield and we had to take a measuring stick and measure people's lawns and take pictures of it. Why? Because I was do what it's you. the city ordinance like you got to cut your grass. Oh, okay. And if your grass, if you got weeds and your grass is over a certain height, they Can write, you imagine looking out your t- window and kid pull up? <laughs> oh, man. People, it used to be crazy. People used to try to like throw stuff at you, throw rocks. I got some rocks thrown at me one time. <laughs> This lady threatened to sick her dog, let her dog loose on us. Like it, it it's, it's crazy, it's man. And people just will refuse to pay these tickets. It's like, dude, just just cut your grass. Like I'll come cut your grass if you pay me. But, <laughs> yeah. So that was the first job. But while I was in college DJing, because again, you know, I started out my first gig at sixty five bucks. So it it wasn't like I, I could get crazy paid off of this. So um, my after my sophomore year that summer, I sat out. I started working at Amazon in the plant. And I was working 40 hours a week, 10-hour shifts, four days a week. I would work Sunday through Wednesday. Sometimes work overtime Thursday. But for the most part, work Sunday through Wednesday. Get a pint of Patron <laughs> that Thursday. <laughs> kick it, it yeah turn up thursday kick it all weekend and be right back at work sunday night so like that was my my life until i got back into school uh fall 2011 and um you know started to get my life back in order but yeah from a job standpoint mm-mm, i try not to but 
unfortunately the way the industry is is that if you're not really established you you, you kind of got to have a, a second means of income um, when I left K-State and came back to Detroit I couldn't find a job I ended up I came home in November 2013 I didn't get a job till January January yeah it was like January and I ended up working at Uncle Ed's oil shop in Bloomfield Hills I was making like seven fifty to work on cars and I had never worked on cars <laughs> ever ever but I learned all these like automotive skills so it's dope but yeah um yeah the, the job job suck <laughs> job suck <laughs> especially if you're like yo I just want to DJ full time nah, you gotta yeah. for the most part unfortunately until you really established yourself and made all the proper connections or if you're just in a certain market um you, you kind of got to have a second means of income makes sense so from a, a DJ standpoint what professional hurdles and hard lessons have you learned so far Besides not playing Justin Timberlake. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Um, one of the biggest professional hurdles you'll have to deal with is um, competition. You know, mm-hmm. uh, competition is is what drives everything, and you have to understand that just because you're good at what you do doesn't mean you're going to be booked. Um, a lot of things play into it uh, from a politics standpoint. You have most importantly, who you know. Um, you also have the luck of just being in the right place at the right time. You have the people who will undercut you. And they may be just as good as you, actually. If not better. But they will undercut you just for the opportunity. Um, you also have to look at race. I've dealt with that um, in a lot of cases. That, you know, I'm black. They think that I'm going to come in and you know, play Jeezy and 2 Chains all night, not realizing that my library is really expansive. Um, you have that. You Although also. Although, there's nothing wrong with playing Jeezy all night. I know. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, especially 2 Chains. You already know how I feel about Jeezy. Man, especially 2 Chains and Jeezy. But you'll, you'll get that. You may also. Uh, I've had. And this is actually amongst black people, I find this more common. Um. I uh man, we all looking like what's going on, man? What's going on out here? But uh, they just flew down the wrong way too. So yeah, they I'm sorry, y'all. We we sit here just watching the police ride by. It ain't nothing crazy. But um, you you have uh ageism, and I see this a lot with black clients actually. That uh, they'll see my appearance and see me being young and think that I only know young music. Mm, and so they yeah. think that from an image standpoint, look, we, we, we'd rather get somebody older. Not realizing that, hey, you know, I you know, I can do this. Music event. is not age specific. Exactly. So those are those are always my main professional hurdles. Now I mean it may be some other ones out there that I just, you know, you know, Lord willing I, I haven't had to deal with yet. But I definitely say just the undercutting um oh no sorry the last one the most important one and this is the one i probably struggle with the most personally is that you you can sometimes undervalue yourself Mm. yeah um you 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 have a client 
and they'll ask for a quote and it's like you really want their business you really want to connect with them but you also don't want to sell yourself short because once you give them a certain price and they want to work with you moving forward you it's yeah, hard for you to go up. yeah, that yeah. bleak 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 drives that into my head a lot he's like yo man you know you need to you need to do this more you need to do this he's like man don't be afraid don't be afraid so and, and you know I, I i've been listening to him a lot more lately lately but um yeah you don't want to undervalue yourself you want to always make sure that you know the the relationship that you build professionally is mutual and that you're just getting what you feel comfortable at. that i can walk away from this and be happy with what i got paid you know yeah um, so yeah, definitely, definitely undervalue yourself is, is probably my biggest professional hurdle. So what do you look, or what story are you looking to tell about Detroit with your career? Um, being able to build something out of nothing. Um, and I know that's cliche, but to expand on that, I, I say that because Detroit isn't necessarily an entertainment hub anymore of a city. You know, yeah, we had Motown. Now, 60s and 70s, cool. For the last 30 years, 40 years even, almost, we've not been a city known for its entertainment, for its nightlife. So for me to have built a really um, you know, successful career amongst the millennial, I guess, demographic, if you want to call it, um, Millennials, air corporate, quotes. yeah, yeah, air quote. Because <laughs> I, I hate that word, but I mean, if you want to, if, if that's what they want to call my following, it's it's a millennial following. But why do you to, hate that word? huh? Why do you hate that word? Well, I hate that word because it they look at it as if it's an age thing, and I think it's more so a, a social and a culture type of thing, you mm-hmm. know. Because you can be a millennial being just somebody who's really into the newest, latest type of thing you know it doesn't necessarily have to be people born from this year to this year like millennial could be a mind state you know just like we were talking about we want information immediately yeah that that could be something you know a millennial trait but um i'll say that again i i didn't expect myself to get to where i'm at because again i used to be so frustrated like yo i can't get no opportunities i can't get no gigs i can't get in here I'm like begging certain places like, yo, I'm really trying to start something new. I see you guys have got anything going. What's going on? You know, and I'm like, well, what's your following like? And it's like, well, screw my following. I'm good. I'm I'll, keep people, I'm, I'll keep people coming back, you know, yeah. but <clears throat> the fact that, again, I just I built a very successful career off of just genuinely being good and just trying to keep a good image is is what I want to show people about Detroit. And if you can make it here genuinely, I think you can make it anywhere. Like, yeah, they say that about New York, but I think in Detroit, because things are so limited here from resources and yeah. opportunities that if you can build here what people move away to go do elsewhere, I think that you'll create so strong of a foundation for yourself that if you do choose to move on to somewhere else, it, it'll be easy because you, you'll already know and recognize, you know, the pitfalls and the mistakes that you can make. You know, you already know when somebody's, you know, trying to lowball you or, you know, yeah. or when somebody's trying to take advantage or when an opportunity is too good to be true. Like you'll be able to spot that a mile away and you'll take literally the same format you did before and apply it you know, in another city. All right. So tell us more about your business. Like what what all is entailed with? CMS 
L3C? Yeah. So, Crowd Movers Society is something I came up with my man DJ Fitted, um, you know, in college. Uh, I, I was more, obviously, into believing the name than, you know, he started his own thing. But the way I see it is that Crowd Movers is, obviously, you can tell, you know, crowd, you think of crowd surfing and, and entertainment and people at a concert. But mine is to be somebody who, I guess, let me even say a mission statement, the model, it's uh, don't be the crowd, move it, you know. Okay, um, right. Yeah, it's, right. it's like try to be innovative, try to stand out, try to be impactful in what you do, uh, you know, your presentation, make it stand out. Don't do the same things that everybody else is doing just because that's the standard and it looks good or it's easy to do. You know, go left, go the opposite route, go do something completely different and make it your own image and make it even better than what they're doing. You know, um, everything that I pride myself and you can usually see it in my DJ style, uh, in my format of how I mix a lot of different things together or people take certain songs and they mix them the same way and you know what's coming mm-hmm. or I'll take uh, a song rather than the top of it i'll probably mix in like the middle of it and and loop it and then come to the top and you know i I get creative with it so more than anything from business standpoint yeah i just i want to try to be as different and and diverse as possible um with the brand um of course you know yeah the sound and lights i mean that's kind of generic but from a business standpoint just the types of clients that i take the types of events that i do you know i generally do things that people can get a real experience from you know i don't want to do just yo i'm in the club and then you're like yeah we at the club all right well all right now what <laughs> you know you know me doing the effing event last week at the science center was like really interactive because yeah, there was a lot fun. of there yeah. was a lot of art things going on and people were like yo like okay cool like this is this is different you know or if i'm doing you know, like uh, Detroit Young Professionals, I'm doing their, their Vanguard Awards uh, for the second year coming up um, next month. Like, putting people in different spaces that they're not normally accustomed to. Like, that's what I'm all about because that will keep you more engaged with me because that lets you know, wow, he's doing different stuff. Like, it's not just I'm in the club with all these hood folk. Like, <laughs> You know, and the bottles is fine. Like, that's cool if you're into that. But if you're genuinely like, yo, I want to get a real social experience, then that's why people tend to rock with me. And that's what my company is all about. I feel it. That was way louder than I thought it was going to be. Sorry, y'all. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> no, I didn't know how long, how long of a time we had. My no, that's all good. So, that was the end of the first section. So, we're going to go to our commercial break. Yeah, so Sharaf can cough and blow her nose and all that other fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to learn more about the New Kids, check out our website at thenewkidsdetroit.com. Make sure you listen and subscribe and rate us on iTunes at The New Kids LLC. And do us a favor and share your favorite episode on all of your social media. The New Kids is all about giving entrepreneurs the right platform. If you're interested in advertising with us, send us an email at thenewkidsllc at gmail.com. All right, so we're back. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. So, okay. So we've talked about your business and, you know, what you're into. 
what are some avenues that you're either current other avenues that you're thinking about like getting into or that you're currently into that you want to expand um so yeah definitely again philanthropy um you know by me being away at college uh you know i didn't really get to be as involved from a community standpoint so um the past year i've just been getting more active in the community uh one of the organizations i'm part of is social scene um, yeah definitely part of social scene um not only just as a dj but like as a person you know planning events and you know coordinating things so uh, part of Social Scene, which is an organization uh, that works to help bring more awareness and uh, success to black Girl. business. Yeah. Wait, what did he was the DJ? Yeah. Oh, at um, Drive? No. Wait. Yeah. Yes. And what is it? Minis too? Yes. That's yes. all right. Yes. Um, so, yeah, part of Social Scene, um, you know, working with them, like I said, help make downtown Detroit, Midtown, really just Detroit businesses, black businesses in general pop more, mm-hmm. um, you know, get get better, get people more familiar with them, you know, that they weren't familiar with before. Absolutely. Um, avenues, personally, uh, would love to get now into the other side of the music industry as far as looking into engineering and producing um i don't know if i could be a songwriter but i think i could probably come up with some I mean, stuff you never know till you try yeah I, I think i'm more of a person like i know how to make like if you give me something like give me like a rough draft or something i know how to tweak make it, it and make it a little bit better yeah so i'm more of one of those kind of people um but yeah definitely looking to get into producing and engineering i feel it um I uh, would love to uh, potentially drop, you know, just as a part of my brand, you know, just having merchandise. Um, that'd be cool since a lot of people like my little logo, you know, I try to turn that to some different colors, do some different concepts. Um, you know, all things I'm just kind of throwing out there, nothing concrete, but all things I'm definitely interested in. So how would you encourage someone to start their path in your industry? Um, I would say do it right. You know, yeah, everybody has a story of I started with nothing and I made it and something like, yeah, that's not going to be everybody because not, unfortunately, everybody doesn't have that same level of patience or that same level of ambition. A lot of people, um, unfortunately, it's one of the things that has driven the DJ industry down is that people just want to take as little as possible and then just expand on that. Um, I would say just save your money, um, you know, get you, there's plenty of little starter kits out there. Uh, for some people, they just want to get a little controller and go from there. Um, whatever gets you started to learn the fundamentals of it, I would say do that and then expand on it. That's where a lot of people go wrong though, is that they don't upgrade their equipment and they just stay stuck with what they have because it works for them. I can get paid with just this. Oh, there's no reason for me to go out and buy speakers there's no reason for me to go buy subwoofers and lights and do all these things like expand on what you start with because genuinely if you do it right and you improve your craft and the more money you get the more you invest in yourself the more money you'll make overall because you have more to offer so definitely just save your money and and just you know youtube you know that that's a, a easy resource that'll yeah. teach you a lot of things that you know you would need to learn and know and, and just just have faith have confidence have faith be positive 
And just like I said, keep that ambition to, you know, be the best you can be. That's real. So best piece of advice or best piece of business advice you would give to your past self? Best piece of business advice would be don't rent when you can buy. I spent a lot of money renting equipment and instead of renting it the way that I did, I, I mean, when I say I spent a lot of unnecessary money, <coughs> the money that I was spending weekly, I could have had a monthly bill for certain DJ things. Like instead of me paying $50 a week to rent out two speakers, that I had back in Kentucky. Instead of paying that fifty dollars every uh, every week, I could spend eighty dollars a month mm-hmm. for two pair for you know a pair of speakers. So just research your industry better. Um, you know, definitely I, I I didn't research as much as I I should have. I thought I knew about gear, and I really didn't. So. And that would have helped me be more financially sound and could have probably saved me a lot of money and kept me in school. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, definitely just research um, your industry as best you can. I feel it. So that you're aware and not wasting money. (laughs) What's next for you? What's next on the the goal list? (sighs) Man, uh, next would be, like I said, just... um, just try to be as better of a DJ as I can be. Um, I really want to get more into Afrobeat and Soka, um, reggae. You know, I really want to add that those genres to my library more. Um, I've unfortunately had to turn down doing Jerk and Jaw off a few times just because I felt like I wasn't as versed in the music as I would like to be. Mm-hmm. And for me, if I'm going to do something, I want to do it right. You know, I want to know the joints like if I'm doing that I want to know the joints that like they could be like yo because I know with the way that I spin if I add that flavor like it's gonna sound so great so definitely um you know expanding my library with that uh hopefully you know doing some EDM stuff you know I, I know that's still the the largest you know profitable market even though hip-hop is the most popular um you know, definitely want to try and get into some EDM. Um, again, the production, you know, maybe making my own remixes of songs is, is, is something that I've, you know, been thinking about. Um, and just, you know, traveling more as far as the DJ, you know, got a, I got a dope opportunity and I'm, you know, working on some things. Maybe we might do a tour. Um, you know, I've got good connects in other cities, but yeah, 2019 is is truly all about just taking everything that I do now and just like maximizing it. You know, you know, twice as hard uh, because it's there. Like I, I see it. I, I finally have reached a point where I'm like, yo, I'm happy where where I'm at. Now I can just do it. Like I don't have to feel like I'm grinding so hard. Like you, you never want to get complacent and feel like. Yeah. All right, made it but I, I feel like I think I'm finally at a point where I'm respected for what I do um, that I do it well and I can get booked you know yeah. I remember there was a time where I thought I had to be on social media just 
every day. I'm on the gram. Hashtag DJ. Da, 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 da. You know, like you, you. I had to work so hard. Versus now, I can kind of just sit back and be like, I'll get a call. And that's not to say, like, in an arrogant way, but it's like, no, I'll get a call at some point for something. It may not be today. It may not be for this. Like, prime example, I'm not DJing anything. Well, I'm DJing level two now this Sunday. But (laughs) but but before that, before I got that call, though, I wasn't doing anything this week. Normally, in the past, I would have panicked. Because I would have felt like, yo, I got to do something. I got to stay in the spotlight. I got to show people I'm still working. I'm always working and DJing. I got to do this. But then I realized, like, well, no. Maybe this is just your week to chill. Take some self-care. But that's kind of also why I piggyback, you know, what I said earlier. That, unfortunately, if you're not in a, in a market or you're not in a certain demand or lane where you can consistently DJ, you do need a second source of income. So, why I still have my job. <laughs> but um I'm okay with not being booked now. And because I know that at some point somebody's gonna book me. And it's something simple that I did on Instagram, doing that whole connecting to Facebook, you mm-hmm. know, making myself a a, a, a business page for, for Facebook and yeah. connecting that to the Instagram. Something so simple as just putting that little button that says email. I get so many emails now. Yeah, and it's so crazy that that's all I had to do rather than because I, <laughs> I found that people are so lazy when it says link like email in my bio mm-hmm. they don't want to do that they it's so easy click the link and it's, the box pop up to email. it's so easy for them to just hit that little button rather than them going to their email and typing in your email it's so easy like again that's also our other point of people want their information uh-huh. or not. Yeah. but doing that and I, and I get emails and it's just like the emails I get now are really nice people are like yo I was reaching out because I got a wedding next year and I've been to a lot of things you're DJing are really good and I was just trying to inquire and see about this. I mean, it's 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 very comforting to be at this point now. And and so that for me that's why I'm just like, it'll come. It'll come. I feel better about it. I don't I don't stress, I don't panic. I just say, hey, you know, just just stay the course. I got, you know, Two residencies, that's good enough for me right now at the moment. If two residencies along with whatever I do on the side, that'll hold me over because I know eventually there's going to be something else that falls through. And that's just next for me. Staying consistent. Yeah. So where do you think our generation is needed in Detroit the most? (sighs) Mentorship. Um, Okay, that's the first time. Yeah. Somebody said mentorship specifically. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm going to specifically say mentorship because you have so many kids who are just lost. Like they have no role models or their role models are people are not people to look up to. Like they yeah. they want to emulate rappers and, and social media entities. You know, you have young girls and, and not to slight her in any way. Um, they. And I think this is why, and that's bad because I talked about her on another podcast. I don't want to say make it seem like I'm thinking about her all day, but <laughs> you, you, you see, you see a cash doll, and you see how much she appeals to young girls. Now, her appearances, she's super pretty. She's wearing jewelry, all these cool clothes. Men love her. She's got plenty of followers. Everything about her, image wise is appealing to young girls to say, you know, I want to be like her. Well, do these young girls know 
the, the you know her journey, her yeah. story. I don't think so. There was a period of time I want to say from like 2012 to like 2015 where there was just girls who was like, "Yo, I'm about to go out and I'm gonna go and try to be like her. I'm gonna follow her path to the team." Yeah. Um, you have young men who look at the rappers. And they want to be like them. They want to talk like them. They want to dress like them. They want to use their lingo. They want to treat women the same way. Like some of this stuff is just music, you know, or people that they see on these, you know, Instagram comedians, like they want to emulate that kind of stuff. Like they're so attached to what's not in their own world physically. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that imagery is important. You know, which was one of the things Black Panther that I was cool with. Not to get off on another tangent, but it's it's imagery is important. And being able to see positive influences and role models on a daily can really help a child out. And I think by us not being as attached to what happens to them is 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 like I said, is lacking that mentorship. You know, you have teachers where before they would be on your ass like, yo, what's going on? <coughs> now teachers have become detached because they're like, well, shit, I ain't really getting, getting paid. paid. I, ain't, I ain't getting paid. I got to come out of my own pocket to give supplies. And they don't want to listen to are, Shout out to the teachers who are still giving yeah. that level of commitment because you yeah. are not paid enough. You are not, you know, admired enough. Teachers you are not giving your so credit. Like, shout out to y'all because I do know some teachers who are putting that work in and they are, you know, attached to their kids. They love their kids. But it's hard out here. Yeah. It is. It's, it's a lot of teachers who just giving up and they have just, they're like, they're almost like our last line of defense. Yeah. You know, from losing kids to the streets. Mm-hmm. And if, if the teachers aren't going to help them, and the kids is already out there in the streets, and we trying to go out in the street and talk to them. They not gonna listen to us. They like, who is you? Yo, yeah. I'm about to rob you. Like you talking crazy to me. Like give me, give me that. Since you want to be a help, you want to help me. You want to help me. Give me all of that. So it's like you. We 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 need more, more day to day positive influences or role models to these kids, man. Because they, if if they're if we're not in their lives and showing them like. This is what it's about, and like this is this. This is real. This is fake. Yeah. You know, th- this is how things really work in the world. Not like this. By not giving them that kind of insight from personal experience and really showing them that we care and that we love them, they just they just gonna do whatever they think is right, and they don't have no frame of reference of knowing yeah. what's right. And it's it's sad that like I know with with my job. We had a um, a partnership with Cody, and so we got paired with kids from Cody, and like oh, they, came, teach there. they came and worked with us, and we went to their school, all kind of stuff. But it was interesting to me to see the type of struggles that they face daily that I never would have known if I didn't actually go to the school, walk to the classes with my little, and you know, learn these different things. And I was like, man, these kids would have just pretty much sat there and suffered in silence if there weren't like mentor programs that allowed for that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you have you have kids who 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 can't, who would rather stay at school than go home. Yeah, you know, because at school, all right, cool, I can get food. I, I I'm okay. I'm safe. People talk to me. Yeah, people yeah. talk to me. I, I I got interaction. You know, I'm not alone. Like, there's so many things that, like I said, these kids are dealing with that we don't know. And yeah. I think that genuinely by showing that 
that that true village mentality by really bringing that back and as a collective really taking these kids and and helping them and, and giving them the resources maybe it's not always financial again sometimes it's just a conversation yeah. and just letting them know like yo you cool you all right you know because that 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 plays into mental health yeah. that plays into their social skills i mean just it, it's so beneficial on so many levels um that i would really say mentorship is probably not the most so where do you see yourself in five years and at the end of it all when it's all said and done where do you see yourself um five years uh what's that so i'll be what 33 going 34 no i'll be 32 going on 33 oh lord jesus that's see that's how you know i'm getting old the mind the first thing to go um um I would love to, like I said, hopefully, man, if, if Laura willing, if, if business is booming the way I would like for it to go in 2019, 2020, um, you know, had a degree, definitely want to have that. That's, that's like number one. Got to have a degree. Um, maybe if I'm big enough, clear out my, you know, student loans. Ooh, ooh, speak on it. You know, I ain't even going to say I hope. I say I plan, <coughs> I plan to clear out my student loans, plan to have that degree, um, just because I, I, I don't want to leave that open, you know. Like, I put in a lot of work. I want to finish that. Um, you know, definitely, you know, as a tribute to my mom's, you know, finish that for her, you know, you know rest her soul. Um, would love to just be more involved in the music industry, not only in Detroit, um, you know, just nationally. Uh, hopefully working with artists, you know, as A&R to help them craft projects, you know, artist development, um, you know, like I said, really being into engineering and production, you know, learning how to play the piano um, or guitar, bass guitar, we love that. Um, and then as far as like, we say it's all said and done, like, at the end of my life, <laughs> like or just like, like you know, like not the end of your life, retirement. Not are you in the casket? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, uh, how far you know? Like, at we, the end of the day, are we talking? We talking about at the light at the end of something. Like, <laughs> I'm just making sure, you know. I mean, we could be talking about you know in ten years, you know, how, how far are we talking? At the end of your career. Oh. When I finally say, all right, cool, oh, I'm cool. done DJ. Yeah. Well, no, I don't think I'm gonna ever stop DJing, man. I don't think I, I, mean, mean, I can't wait point. to see it. Nah, it's, 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 it's a lady. I know. She's like 85, I said I can't wait to see in the club. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna DJ. Hey, I figured right in the club. The, right, we still gonna be there talking about Jay Z is almost like 60 and he's gonna be still <laughs> rapping. Ain't no reason why I can't still DJ. Um, so I don't think I'm gonna get a DJ. Maybe from a professional standpoint, but like as a just like a hobby and just doing it at the crib. No, nah, I never stopped that. Um, you know, want to be a family man. You know, married. You know, kids. Uh, just happy, at peace with life. I think that you know a lot of people don't. A lot of people look at everything as I gotta be successful. I gotta make all this money. I gotta make money, 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 money. Money solves our problems. It takes the pain away. It helps me forget. I can just travel. I can do all of these things. Money. I need money. But for me, I just, you know, knowing that I did everything I wanted to do in life, mm-hmm. went everywhere I wanted to go, you know, accomplished all my goals, helped people, I'd be happy with that, you know. 
that that's my happiness. Just knowing that I got to do everything I wanted to do in life. You know. All right. So last official question of the podcast. Oh boy. Everybody hates this question. If you could switch places with someone for one week, who would it be? Now, before you answer, you take everything, their problems, money, their problems, kids, health issues, <laughs> everything. Everything. Drama. Everything? everything. Everything. For one week, who would it be? One person. Full seven days. Seven days. <laughs> and I get all of their I get all of their skills and the yeah, tri- you get everything. attributes. Everything. Pharrell. Okay. Oh, that's pretty dope. We'd love to be Pharrell for a week. Like you could probably make some fire beats. You gonna wear some cool clothes. You gonna you have a beautiful wife. You know a lot people, of people love you. Yeah. yeah. You got money. Right. You're not, I mean, you work up. Your skin looks amazing. <laughs> uh, you're on the radio. People love you. You can go anywhere in the world. You got a lot of respect. For real, it's lit. Yeah. I'll be for Good real answer. Real. Good answer. Good, good answer. Yeah. I ain't have to think. <laughs> I have to think. Only because I probably, like, I've had this thing where it's like who I want my five like best friends to be mm-hmm. so I said one was Pharrell um two would be Jeremy Piven he played Ari Gold on Entourage mm-hmm. uh would love um The Rock okay that'd be a cool friend um I don't know I used to say Jay-Z but I'm like I don't know about Jay-Z as a friend man Jay-Z looked like he I don't know. He he kind of too nosh a lot, like at times. Um, I need a live wire. See, it, it be changing. It used to be Cuddy. Used to be Cuddy, but now I need a, I need somebody that's like a. Oh yeah, let me get Sada, baby. Let me oh, get Sada. Oh goodness. Let me get Sada as one right. of the homies. All right, so we got Pharrell, Jeremy Piven, Sada, The Rock. <laughs> this friend this group is, is a, so this random. is an eclectic friend group here. <laughs> Just to say. Can I can I pick Jonah Hill? Sure. Go for it. Yeah, I'm gonna pick Jonah Hill. I don't know who I would pick. Yeah. I think mine would be Solange, Jada Pickett Smith. Um, who else? Uh Normani. Yeah. I, mm. I'm not surprised that you picked her at all. <laughs> um I don't know who else. Five is a lot. Yeah, five. And they gotta be your friends, friends. <laughs> Oh, you just want okay. You all right? Who all right? Three people you want to hang out with, like just like a, it's a night out kicking it. Who you want to kick it with? Issa Rae. I'm about to say Issa for sure. Yeah, I would pick, definitely pick Issa. Um. Oh. I don't know if I would hang out with her, but I think I could get a lot from her. I'll pick Michelle Obama. What? But I don't know that I want to like kick it with she her. She probably cool during the daytime. Yeah, she probably like, boring at night. I want to <laughs> hang out with if if it was somebody like to hang out with Jennifer Lewis. Like you like you yeah, going out to kick it. Like yeah, okay, you going so out to kick Michelle it. Michelle off my list then. Yeah. I'm not going to kick it with Michelle. So so far I just got Issa. Jennifer, I would Jennifer kick it with Lewis would probably I would, be lit. I would kick it with I think Gabrielle Union might be lit. Yeah, yeah. After reading her book, Gabrielle Union. Gabrielle Union. And I would hang out with Taraji. Taraji, yeah, Taraji, I would hang out with Taraji. Regina Hall might be kind of lit. Yeah, I can see Regina. I would pick Tiffany Haddish. 
I feel like I'm Oh, no. I, no. Nay, nay. Nay, taking her shoes off in the club. Nay, <laughs> nay. Like, no, nah, bro. You got to go. So, so, all right, kid. <laughs> so, how do people get a hold of you if they want to book you for services? Uh, Again, uh, email C is in Charlie, M is in Michael, S is in Steven, bookings at gmail.com. Uh, all social media, Twitter, Instagram. At I am Kid McFly. Uh, find me on Facebook, DJ Kid McFly. Hashtag pull up on the kid. Yeah, you'll see me. You'll see my posts. Well, we want to thank you for coming out and being a gracious guest. If I want. Oh, thank you. I'm a finger snap on that oh. one. Yes, finger snap. I would love to come back. Yes, of Love course. And of we course. can just shoot the breeze about whatever. And I'm, I'll bring libations. We're going to have a turn up yes. episode because we, we, we can't post the actual turn up episode that we got because that's Ooh. a little much. That was intense. That was painful to listen to. Yeah, like, we, was so, we was drunk from the we, time we said <laughs> like, We can just have that. We just, you know, just be feeling good. We ain't got to be lit, you know. Just, yeah, just we learned our lesson. We like, learned how to slow it down on the podcast. Yeah, just, just um, have a little vibe. So, you can find the New Kids on Facebook at the New Kids LLC as well as Twitter at the New Kids LLC. You can find us on SoundCloud at the New Kids Detroit and go and rate us on iTunes at the New Kids LLC. We're also on Stitcher at the New Kids LLC, I believe. If you want to be on the podcast, if you want to advertise with us, if you want to shout us out, send us an email at the New Kids LLC at gmail.com. Visit our website at the New Kids Detroit.com. And say what's up, you know, what up, though? And give us a We got some stuff up our sleeve for you guys. Yes, we got a lot of things getting ready to come out. The end of this month, we're really excited about dropping. So stay tuned for that. Until next time, new kids out. Bye, y'all. Peace. Peace. You can find the new kids on SoundCloud at the New Kids Detroit. And make sure you like your favorite episode and share it on all your social media handles. You can find all your favorite episodes of the New Kids Podcast on Stitcher. Either listen on your iPhone, Android, or listen on the web. Make sure you find us under the New Kids LLC and rate us.